Welcome to the Eagle Podcast. Today we're continuing our series on leadership. I'm Edie and we're joined by Julie. Yep, hi. We're co-founders with Anne of the Eagle Mom Squad with our podcast videos and blog posts and resources on our website. Today we're continuing our leadership series because you're really the leader of your family in homeschooling and we wanted to give you a, a few tools to make that experience the greatest it can be. So we last time addressed these leadership skills. First, know yourself and seek self-improvement. Secondly, be competent and seek competent outside help. And thirdly, seek responsibility and take responsibility for your actions. And Julie, what are we addressing today? Thanks, E. That was a great introduction. I encourage everybody who has not heard the first podcast with the first three leadership principles to go ahead and take a listen to that. But today, what we're going to talk about are three more. So the fourth leadership principle is to make sound and timely decisions. The fifth one will be to set the example. And the sixth one will be to know your children and look out for their well-being. That's great. So what do you mean by make sound and timely decisions? Okay, so you should always be thinking about your goals for your homeschool. We talked about this in the first podcast, which is to start with the end in mind. So one of the things you want to be doing is paying attention to your state's requirements for your homeschool, your child's grade, and your child's strength and weaknesses. What I mean by child's grades is, are they second grade, eighth grade, 11th grade? What do they need? Using the state requirements as a guideline but then looking at your child's strengths and weaknesses to see where could your child be stronger, where do they need work, right? Right. And don't wait on that to address that. Uh, You've all heard the term nip it in the bud. So don't wait till a small issue becomes a much larger issue. That could be even something such as, gee, my child isn't reading very well. And then as you observe it more and more, you might want to get them tested because if you ignore it, it could be a serious problem later on down the road, right? And there are some things that, you know, there's some wiggle room. So your child's not cooperating on learning handwriting. Maybe they feel so uncomfortable about it. You can wait a few months or even do that next year. But other things like reading levels, you really need to be right on top of, I think, to make sure if there is a problem, you can get them help. Yeah, and it it just comes down to, uh, which we'll talk about in a little while, is knowing your children and looking out for their well-being. So you really have to pay attention to what your child's uh, strengths and weaknesses are. And and that's part of being uh, or making sound and timely decisions. But you also want to pay attention to the requirements of any outside help you receive. And that could be from tutors or tutorials, cooperatives or support groups. I bring this up because uh, sometimes tutorials or tutors themselves will have requirements for books or school requirements that they need you to purchase. And you're going to want to get those things on time and don't delay in getting them and putting them off. I mean, obviously, you can make exceptions. There's, you know, if it's not a part of who you are and it just happens every once in a while, no big deal. But if if you have a reputation for being late, to everything or slow to order things you you want to nip that one in the bud too 
um, because it's respectful to tutors and other people who will be helping your family. And my experiences have included parents that wait to the last minute in signing their children up for individual classes or tutorials. They blow through deadlines and then they expect a a special consideration. Have you seen that too with what you do? Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, if you're involved with um, public school or private school in the past or even in your own uh, education, it's such a large institution with a lot of people participating that there's some wiggle room to back out of something. It's not so serious of a lack that's going to need to be filled. But in the homeschool community, we really depend on each other because we're smaller groups and each person is doing their part. So the preparation that someone has put together to school your child in whatever subject that cooperative group is doing, for instance, will be really feeling the lack of if you're if you back out in the last minute. On the other hand, there's a lot of flexibility with homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So I think make sound decisions, really think about if, if something's not right for your child, it doesn't mean you're locked into that. And people will understand if it's just not right for your child. Right. So part of making sound and timely decisions is to do some thinking, gather input as much as you're able to, and then make the best decision that you can with the information you have. Don't lollygag on decision-making, especially when other people have some deadlines that they'd like you to meet, just to be considerate to them. All of our decisions are not going to be perfect. Sure. So you can't, we can't ever think that, oh, we'll achieve perfection. We won't, but we have to make an effort. And I think that's part of, like I said, respecting other people, respecting your children, and that's what makes the decision sound and timely. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so our fifth uh, leadership principle would be to set the example. Uh, I hear from people all the time that, oh, I'm not a leader, I'm not a leader, I'm not a role model. Well, we all are. Sure, when you become a parent, that's what's going on there. Yep. Your children always, from the beginning, look to you about what should they eat, what should they do, right. what are we as a family doing right now. So you're a born leader when yep. you're a parent. Right, yep. You've, you've fallen into that uh, role immediately. Um, your kids are always watching you, and so you will lead them either to doing good things or bad things, depending on what they see that you do. It's also that you're, you're their main example, because they... Because they're not out in a school environment where they're seeing lots of different adults. They are looking up to you and uh, your spouse to see how to act. So you're always setting that example. And you want to think about, again, we, we go back to begin with the end in mind, is what do you want them to come out of the 18 years that you're nurturing them yeah. In your home and in your homeschool, what do you want them, what kind of traits do you want them to come out with? And then you need to try to set the example for those traits. Do your best. Again, we're not perfect. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, thing. And it's interesting because, yes, they're mostly with you from the very beginning. But, of course, you're doing social things, as you talked about in, in our first podcast on this topic. So they're going to be around a lot of different people, some of whom are setting good examples. Some you can have a discussion about later. You know, it's not really good to belch in public or something like this. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, 
the famous motivational speaker Jim Rohn uh, once was quoted saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you're going to be the one, one of the people that your child spends the most time with as they grow up. So you're going to want to exhibit a good example to them if that's what you want to send out into the world. Yeah. Number six is to know your children and look out for their well-being. And people say, oh, I know my kid, I know my kid. Well, pay attention to what it is you know about them and Again, be sure that that you're looking out for their well-being. And so to give you some examples from my homeschool, our oldest, uh, as we were approaching high school, I could see in his behavior, his attitude towards me, um, towards homeschooling in general, that he was going to need somebody else to help him. Uh, we tried different schools, private, public, but we opted for a hybrid, which is which was a homeschool tutorial, mm-hmm. and that provided just enough uh, structure for him, uh, some people other than me teaching him, and some friendly competition, and he th- thrived in that environment. Our middle one, as we got to high school, he needed more structure than that, mm-hmm. and he enrolled in the public school, and he thrived in that. Uh, our youngest, we homeschooled all the way through. It worked out to be the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. So paying attention to what is going to work for each individual child. That makes sense. And I love talking about this with Julie because one of my experiences with knowing my child was when my youngest came for tutoring with Julie, she was acting differently than at home, not just the accountability but I would love to listen to her explain things to Julie. Uh, I got a, I knew a side of her I didn't really know by direct, you know, interaction with the family. Oh, this is how my child's going to act with outside, you know, friends and associates. That is so exciting. I, I remember when she went to camp and she was just so outgoing and running the activities almost by her second year there. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. She's going to be like dynamic in her life. You know, so it's really fun to get to know your child. That's <laughs> awesome. You can see bad things that they're also doing. I mean, we're all, we have all sides to us. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said. And then you take that back to what that child needs in, in their schooling. Is that what you're saying as far as leading them? Yeah. By knowing them? Yeah, yeah. And so you looking out for their well-being seeing their strengths and weaknesses like you just pointed out seeing any weaknesses um, like I had pointed out what my children needed some extra uh, that I could not provide for them but you know and also in looking out for their well-being we had made sure our boys got involved with Boy Scouts our daughter was involved with 4-H all of our kids did local sports and high school sports they did Toastmasters which is a speaking organization that helps people I should be taking it right now. <laughs> um, learn how to uh, to speak better in front of the public, and um, they got involved in theater. So we made sure that they were felt comfortable standing up in front of people, and being in different environments with different peers, other than just the homeschool community. So they got involved with lots of different peers from all walks of life. We also made sure that our kids were always interacting with friends of all ages, young, older, adults. And then also 
health related. You know, you want to make sure that you get your child their timely medical appointments, whether it's, you know, you see that their vision is going poorly or they've got a, you know, toothache or they just need their shots or, you know, if that's something you do or not do, I don't, whatever, that's up to you. Just make sure you have timely medical appointments. And I would also encourage you to feed them homemade, nutritious food because however we set them up in their youth, they're going to continue on in their adulthood. And so you want to have, give them good habits and that's looking out for their well-being. And homemade food, so that's less expensive. They learn the skill of cooking and it's more nutritious, would yeah, you say? Uh, absolutely. It, and they got to know that food doesn't just come from the store right. <laughs> or the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. That someone actually has to prepare that and make that. And that starts sinking into their psyche. And then, you know, you also want to teach them how to do those skills as well so sure. that they can support themselves. Were you going to say something? Well, I was just thinking about all of those wonderful activities you listed. Um, don't be surprised if some of those activities are a negative for your child like I got my oldest involved with horseback riding and she hated it that's fine she got to try it <laughs> she knows she doesn't like that activity yeah you know there are lots of things that you can try and some of these things can be found at little or no cost especially in a co-op situation where people are sharing their skills teaching each other so it doesn't have to be high-priced lessons or uh, team activities or something yeah, that's a really good point. Most of the time, homeschoolers tend to be, not all the time, but tend to be uh, single-income families. So I know we were. I was always looking for things that were free or pretty darn close to being free. Yeah, if you can. <laughs> yeah. And I would also encourage you to spend not just not just quality time with your children, but a huge quantity of time with them to get to know them. And that's going to uh, include, when you're in their presence, stay off your phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay off your phone. Uh, no child wants to be talking to their mom or dad and looking at their forehead because the parent's eyes are glued to their screen. So I would say follow the golden rule when it comes to how you interact with your kids. Treat them the way you would want to be treated. So when you're talking to your child, you want your child to be looking at you and absorbing what you have to say to them. You should behave the same way to them. Yeah. Would you agree? Sure. And I think that makes for a better environment for the family. Yeah. It seems like, especially maybe when if you're coming from public or private school to homeschooling, that there's attention there where you're needing to spend so much time with your child and in the past maybe you've had friction there because we all do absolutely <laughs> and so you, mm -hmm. to think oh i'm going to be spending all day every day well how can we do that you have time to work things out in your relationship so that makes it a lot easier and more joyous because there's time to just relax and also, you know, you can schedule you time. You can schedule time with your spouse. I know it's hard if you're a single parent, but um, maybe invest in a babysitter every once in a while so you know that some of that weight of time spent together can be joyous and not um, burden. Yeah, that's a really good point, Edie. I did hear years and years ago that if you're coming out of, coming out of a brick-and-mortar school, private or public and you decide you're going to homeschool for every year that the child has been in that brick and mortar school 
you should let them decompress a month. So in other words, if your child went, you know, kindergarten through fourth grade, that's five years of schooling, basically give them five months to decompress and kind of get used to the homeschooling environment. So you don't have to be right on top of them, trying to meet a schedule with all of these expectations. No. You can explore the world together. Yeah. Spend some time. Don't put deadlines on everyone. Yeah. As the leader. Yeah. As, the, as, they're getting, as they're getting used to homeschooling and you're getting used to homeschooling. Because it's, it's, it's a big deal. You know? It's yeah. not something you take on lightly, homeschooling. But the rewards are fabulous. Yeah. And we're going to hear more about our leadership skills in our next podcast. Yes, we are. All right. And uh, we really appreciate your joining us today. Please look at this description below to find the things we talked about and to find our other podcasts, videos, blog posts, and resources on our website. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.